Hello and welcome to the EG Property Podcast and a new series of discussions that we're imaginatively calling Real Estate Redefined. Each month, various members of the EGT will be bringing you conversations with a wide range of people from across the built environment, looking at why we need to change the way we think, talk, and dare I say it, write about real estate if we really want to become more diverse and inclusive, be perceived in a better light, and be taken more seriously by the powers that be in government. Each discussion brings with it something of a real estate room 101 in which we'll be placing terms, practices and perceptions of the sector as together we work toward our redefinition of what real estate is and does. First up, it's me, EG Editor Sam McClary, in conversation with Grosvenor Chief Executive James Rayner about why the business is eschewing the moniker landlord. EG Magazine and EG Radio subscribers can add to your real estate redefined hourly experience by reading, written by James's own fair hand, why Grosvenor is no longer a landlord. Head to egi.co.uk forward slash news today or pick up your copy of the magazine this weekend. Enjoy. So hello and welcome to the first in a very special and very exciting series of podcast conversations that we will be having here at EG with various members of the the built environment real estate community, however you like to call it, and that is something that we'll get onto in a minute. But we're looking at how real estate is being redefined. It's been going through a journey for some time, but anyone will know that after uh, during the last two years, that journey has been accelerated. Uh, and joining me for the first of these discussions, I'm very uh, excited to welcome to the podcast James Rayner, CEO of Grosvenor. James, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Thanks very much for inviting me. Excited to talk about this topic, which I think is it's really important. You know how how are we evolving as a as an industry and as individual businesses and parts of it? Um, I think it's a it's a crucial conversation to be having. Fantastic. And before we get into that, I should say um, happy anniversary. It's uh, pretty much two years, almost to the day, isn't it, since you took over as CEO? Yeah, it, it is. And so for me, it's kind of, well, it's firstly, very kind of you. Thank you. But the second is sort of everyone's talking about, uh, you know, moving back to the new normal. Well, I'm, I'm not quite sure what the old normal <laughs> was. So it's going to be an interesting period for me as well. It's a, it's a clean slate. You've got a blank piece yeah. of paper for what normal looks like. Um, well, let's talk about the world as it used to be and where, how we used to talk about real estate was very much sort of a um a them and us i suppose wasn't it with landlord and tenant not even occupier back in the day we've moved to occupier sometimes customer um but um there's a you've written a really wonderful piece um talking about how grosvenor is not a landlord um you don't want to use that word let's start off first as to why there is a bit of a what or what the perception is around that word landlord and why you're not keen to have it as as a descriptor for Grosvenor these days well well I think that when you when you use the word landlord and it's quite interesting because despite the fact that we don't want to use it we're probably going to use it quite a bit in the next (laughs) um few minutes but um you know I think it just it creates uh unhelpful and unaccurate images in people's minds you know of a sort of a one person smoking a cigar doing very little 
uh, extracting, you know, money from poor and needy and, and so on. And it sort of talks to a to a hierarchy that I don't think exists anymore at all. Um, and, I, and I think it's important to sort of ref, reframe it in a way, um, both um, for ourselves. So as an industry, we should have better expectations of what it is as as owners of buildings and developers of buildings. We we should be doing what our priorities should be, but also for for the the occupiers who essentially are our, our customers. I mean, if we reframe ourselves as businesses, which is what we are and we should be thought of, um, then, you know, businesses, you know, sell goods and services to customers, you know. And and I think that that's, that is how we see ourselves. You know, we we are a, a property business um, and then and we provide uh, services through space and, and things over and above that to people who need them and we try and envisage ourselves as you know an essential part of the supply chain and hopefully this is the next challenge the value chain um, of the people who need those services so in the same way that our you know restaurants um, will contract out to the very best uh, you know providers of fish or vegetables well we're part of that that's that sort of same uh, dynamic i think you know um i think the other thing that it's important for me is 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 that sort of redefining how people think about uh our industry and the value that we provide um you know to, to the economy to the nation more generally i think it would be pretty fair to say that we're not highly thought of by and large um, and I think that one of the reasons that we are not highly thought of is because of this historic image that we need to to cast aside. And it's it's, it's a big challenge isn't it because people hold on to to images through through words and there will and you know we'll use it I know in EG we'll use landlord more time more times than than not and it'll take a long time to to shift that shift that conversation but as you say it's it's really important in terms of the the perception of the industry not just from perhaps new people that we want to come into the industry and understand that there's so much more to it but government too mm-hmm. and you know you talked about um real estate as a as a business and i think certainly from the outside looking in what i see is that um, from government at the very least they don't think of real estate as a no. as a business at, at all no I, I don't think that they really think very much about the the levels of employment that it creates uh the level of inward investment that it it, it generates and and provides a, a often a, a funnel for um i don't think that they really connect the dots to you know, they have a net zero carbon agenda. You know, the built environment is crucial in that. Well, how's it going to happen without the professionals involved in that um, business really championing that and, and driving it forward? I think these are all of the the, the, the misconceptions. You know, if you want to, uh, you know, level up uh, towns and regenerate town centres, that, that doesn't happen with, you know, 
good thoughts and fairy dust, you know, I mean, this is the, the point. So, um, you know, I, I, I like to think, and we probably touched on this before, but we're trying to reimagine ourselves, you know, as other industries would think about themselves. You know, we have, we, we look to partner with people and, and whether this is the name that will, you know, be taken on or not, but we're very much trying to view the people who occupy our, our properties uh, as our partners. Um, because we, we view ourselves as trying to be as aligned with them as possible. Whereas I think probably the old conception would be there's a total disalignment, you know? And and I think that it's in having the mindset that, you know, their, their success is part of our mission. And, and, and if we can help them, uh, and maybe we can't help them all the time, but if we can help them uh, be more successful and then hopefully the recognition is that that will help us be more successful, that has to be a much healthier way of thinking about things, you know. That's I mean, a wonderful I, I, virtuous circle. Well, hopefully. I mean, uh, but it's also I sort of talked to some of, you know, my team about this a bit. And I said, well, look, you know, if you imagine um, that, you know, we were... Uh, Rolls Royce, and you know, and I was the CEO of Rolls Royce, and you know, your business was selling engines to uh, Boeing or Airbus. I'm pretty sure that you would want me to go along and meet with Airbus, and because there are, you know, there are customer and our partner. So why don't you come and ask me to come and meet with, you know, our occupiers and talk to them about? what their needs are because that's ultimately what we need to be doing is fundamentally understanding what they want and helping to provide it and and i think probably because we haven't done that enough we haven't and, and we i mean i can certainly say we as in uh grosvenor but I, I i'm pretty sure that we're not alone haven't been close enough to the you know the underlying needs of those customers um you know we've been way behind the eight ball on a number of things you know i mean flexible working um serviced officers all of these sorts of things had we been having much better conversations five six seven eight years ago with what people genuinely needed and when they would be saying well actually what we need is a much better creative environment and i don't want to lease space for 25 years um because how can i i can't even read what the world's going to look like in two um you know then then we would have dealt with that better and instead you know it, it sort of happened around us and then we're scrabbling to to catch up so and we we shouldn't be catching up with disruption from the outside i sort of view it as well we should be creating the disruption from the inside you know Absolutely, Le leading on the disruption. Yeah. And so, tell me about some of the some of the things that you've been doing at Grosvenor, because I know there's, you know, you've put a bit of skin in the in the game to be, you know, sort of even more involved with your your retailer customers. Anyway. Yeah. No, we have, um, and I would say that if it's possible to say that there was a positive that came out of the the pandemic, it, it was that it 
forced ourselves to probably do things that we may not have done normally and 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 it create that disruption or innovation whichever way you want to look at it and you know so one of the things that we thought about because there was obviously such a a big crisis within the retail and, and particularly i think the leisure hospitality areas with the fact that they had suddenly no customers of their own was well it is one thing to sort of help them on the cost side of the equation and just not charge them rent and obviously we did a lot of 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 that a lot of that sort of support but that's not really going to help them bounce back it just sort of keeps them on life support going through whereas our whole kind of vision for the 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 neighborhoods that we we own and manage was that to get them into the right state so that when we came through the pandemic which you know we thought would be about six months a bit longer in the end um they could really bounce back well you know create and and get to a as as much of a level of vibrancy uh, as quickly as possible um and so what we thought was well there, there may well be um you know companies who had great ideas had you know real ideas for growth for change for doing different things but frankly the pandemic has wiped out their ability to do that because they've just been focused on surviving you know there were unlikely to be as many people as the historically would have been who were keen to invest in these sectors and so on so maybe there was an opportunity for us really to you know in in getting close to them to say well look you know we 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 want to be aligned with you we like your idea well and we we have capital and we can support you so um you know we created uh, it's rather grandly named but you know it's what we call the tenant investment fund which is really just putting aside some some capital to support tenants with good ideas and 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 get a sort of a a good you know fair commercial return uh from that um and and equally it was something that drove us to really start to understand the fundamentals of their businesses much better so the idea was that it was both hopefully commercially very interesting it was also a a support that they needed at a time when they couldn't get other support um but then there was also this huge learning opportunity for us to really understand that customer piece and say okay well this is oh these are the things that are important to them and how do we take that on and apply those learnings more broadly across the business and and i think that what we're seeing generally across our businesses that there are all kinds of areas that we now need to make sure we understand where probably before we didn't really need to understand them um so we've we've done um uh, six transactions of those they've primarily been in the in the in the sort of food uh area some of them have been with existing tenants and quite excitingly i think some of them have been with tenants that we've been really interested in bringing into our areas and this was a sort of a form of uh of catalyst to to do that and you know, I think if we, if we go to look at North Audley Street, we brought in 
Bibby, which is part of the, the JKS group, was just received fantastic reviews recently in the papers because it's doing really well. And and if I think about it, that street without them being on it now, I'd be quite sad really because <laughs> they've added a lot to it. So, you know, it's it's just it's it's interesting and it 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 you know putting capital to play forces you to really take it properly seriously. There's a word I think we don't use very much in the in the real estate world, world, which I think is a really powerful word, and I feel like we should use it more, is um, pride. And it, mm-hmm. you, listening to you talk about North Audley Street there, you sounded really proud of how, how it is at, at the moment. And do you think, you know, is that part of this conversation that we need to have around language that we use in, 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 the, in the business, that, you, that be proud of? of what you are be proud of the partnerships that you have and the the change that real estate can deliver across across continents countries cities wherever um, absolutely sam i mean i think that i mean aside from the the basic premise of if you're not proud of what you do why are you doing it you know i mean which i think is actually quite an important question to ask ourselves all the time <laughs> yeah um the reality of it is, is that we do, we do enable success, and in in a in a amongst a, a broad group of stakeholders, we enable uh, change to occur. You know, we should we should feel proud of that. I mean, I I think what's quite interesting is, you know, my guess is, apart from somebody in the accounts department, very few people in a company bear any mind whatsoever to who is the person who owns the building that they occupy you know and and I think well I think that's a bit sad you know I I think that you know we should be developing buildings and services and ways of interacting that they move past that and they think well you know what's great about this building is X, Y, Z, but also the fact that it's, you know, a Grosvenor building, you know, I would, I would love that to us to get to that. Um, you know, by and large, there's a lot of, you know, truth to the whole location, location, location kind of thing. And when people choose a building, they'll choose it for a number of factors, the location, the quality, how it fits with what they want um, more now than ever. And, great news I think really it's environmental credentials and so on but uh you know who the owner is probably doesn't feature pretty high on you know on on that list of things that they think about um or think maybe it doesn't talk about uh maybe the agents who are you know leasing the, the the property don't mention it either but I think it would be great if it became important you know one of the reasons why you want to take this building rather than that building is because you know you know Grosvenor's your owner they'll treat you well they can do all this kind of stuff they can help you more broadly or they're they're open to ideas that you may have or they're flexible whatever it is whereas that person you know they they don't have a great track record in doing that. They're highly levered. They might go, but you know, there's a whole sort of th- series of things around 
the importance of who you partner with. I mean, the amount of, if you think about when you do any other partnership from your marriage to your civil partnership, to, but you do a lot of due diligence, yeah? I mean, it's really important who you're going to be, you know, working with, you know, for a very long period of time. Well, you know, whilst our cycles are getting shorter, the relationship between an, an owner and occupier is still a pretty long relationship. And I think that the quality of how that relationship will play out during that period of time is something that people should um, think about a lot more. You know, um, we have a, a project program, if you want, internally, which we call, you know, the partner of choice, which is, you know, what are the things that we think in five years time are going to make and differentiate us from a another and how in in that differentiation can we start to attribute value that we're going to be creating for our partner and thereby value that we can create for ourselves now it's still got a way to run but there's a lot of people working on that because i think that it's it's fundamentally the core of where we need to get to and and for you what's the in that sort of partner of of choice what's the most what's the most important thing for you i've been listening to you talk and um it sounds like you want to be you you and grove and i want to be mm. accessible to people that they can you know they understand that you're um understand your motivations understand sure. what's important to you but can can talk to you about it can to to use that awful c word that goes around a lot can uh, collaborate yeah. uh, with you well it, I mean, it's not an awful word because i think it's uh it's a long word not an awful word but the you know i think that whole i think that's it that's exactly it let's be more transparent about what it is that we're all trying to achieve why we're here you know we're not secret societies you know um you know we are responsible companies trying to do responsible things well you know um and let's be clear about the things that that we're good at let's be clear about how we want to deal with relationships let's be clear that we're also commercial enterprises and as are they um but within that we are wanting to be a great deal more flexible than maybe that they ha would have thought and therefore it is quite okay to ask questions that maybe they would not normally ask because you know we're ready to answer mm. you know i think that's the basis for me is is to open it up to realize there's a tremendous amount of pain points in our industry that we could get rid of there's a over, there's a, you know over, over complexity and in, in 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 everything um by and large it's quite simple but also i think you know we need to be thinking about what are the services that would be useful to them over and above um uh, you know, just taking space you know 
um, what sort of optionality do they need in into their business and how do we accommodate that how do we price that um, and you know what are the things that may be important to them in the future that we can give them insight into that will help them by and large have a workforce uh, that is you know more happy in a way I it feels to me that more than ever the the contentment of your employees is ever more important it's not that it wasn't important before but now it is you know we've gone through whatever it's called the great resignation because people you know they, they want uh, to be treated well they want a real purpose for the organization that they they work for they they the conditions that they work in are incredibly important and I think we're also realizing that most of business is by and large a team sport and mm-hmm. therefore we, we are needing places to get together um, therefore providing to your employees um, a place to work or a place to hang out or to socialize that is in line with their aspirations that makes gives them a sense of um you know happiness fulfillment uh pride in their own environment uh, the fact that they're in uh, you know an environmentally uh, excellent building therefore their own company is walking the walk all of these things are are now I think on the table and are things that only our industry is really able to to solve um I, it feels to me I'm tangentially here but if you're a if you're in this if you're a service business and you're thinking about your own obligations towards an environmental pathway or getting to net zero or whatever it may be <laughs> excuse me um then you don't have hundreds of levers you you've got travel and real estate they're your big producers <laughs> so working with people who can really solve that for you is absolutely fundamental to living up to the purposes and commitments that you yourself have uh, have made and that your employees and your own customers <clears throat> are going to judge you for. So, you know, I think there's lots of of ways that in, in a very positive way that we can change the old dynamic and get rid of the word that we don't use anymore um, and think about things in, in a much more sort of optimistic and exciting way. I'm going to come back to talent in a in a second, but before we get there, so I guess Grosvenor not only has to deal with the perception of the word that we're not going to use anymore, mm. but you also have the added perception of, well, they're a landed estate, so they must behave oh. in this this way as well. So how, mm. are you, how do you deal with, with that in, in, in terms of reinventing what real estate is? Well, uh, we, we are a, a landed estate, um, but we shouldn't necessarily confuse uh the ownership with the business <laughs> yeah and now what our ownership does which is which is fabulous is it allows us uh 
and prompts us to one have very good values of you know in, integrity and transparency honesty those sorts of things the other is to think long term um and and be very responsible we have a clear purpose that comes from our owner about creating both social and financial value um but then uh, it's the business that is then implementing that you know when we talk about other businesses and we talk about the british land we talk about british land we don't we don't even know who their shareholders are we don't you know it, it's not an important factor in in the activity that is being undertaken it might be an important factor in the way that the activity is un undertaken and, and the values what i would argue is that the the long-term nature uh of our thinking is something that actually gives us the confidence to be innovative because we're having to think beyond the next two years and think towards the next 2030 40 and 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 there's going to be change that we haven't even imagined during that time so therefore being worried about the smaller changes that we're making right now there's we don't need to it gives us an it also means that actually we're genuinely um you know we feel a sense of real responsibility towards the communities in which we operate because we can't escape from them you know? <laughs> i mean you know so and 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 they let us know if they're you know they're they're not happy with things so you know i think that we have to approach things um you know with, with also uh um you know certainly at least one eye if not more how many eyes we got two at least one eye let's say <laughs> on on social impact you know what is the impact that our activity is going to have on on the broader communities and neighborhoods that we work with can we explain to them why you know when it might won't be altruistic but why at least what we're doing is good for the for others as well as ourselves um and you know we we don't want to sort of do something that in you know 15 years time whoever takes over from me looks back and is thinking why on earth did we do that you know i mean you know we don't that you know we have to think in that way and i think that's a that's a good thing but there are different they're, they're different you know they're different there's difference between the ownership and the activity i think that's a, a really good point to to make though it's often for forgotten when especially when it comes to the landed estates um now i said we'd talk about talent because um mm. you you mentioned it in terms of how um, real estate as a provider um, is enabling um, businesses that are occupying space to attract talent. But actually there's, you know, the real estate sector needs to attract talent as as well, and probably more so now than ever before, as we've, we've seen, we are yeah. seeing the sector transform at such a huge rate. And there are so many um, issues out there in the world that the real estate has a role to play in and, and fix. I, yeah. I would argue. Um, how important do you think it is that we, again, shift the language to attract that talent? Because I suppose real estate is more than just la being a landlord. Anyway, mm. there's so many more jobs available and careers available in it, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's crucial. I mean, businesses and industries are only ever going to be as good as the people um, that are working within them. Yeah. And now 
people will come and tell me that we'll all be taken over by by tech and stuff but and maybe we will but until that point i will hang on to the fact that the best businesses have the best people and you know i suspect that the our industry for a variety of reasons you know it's it's image we quite you know pale male um dominated you know the whole sort of blue suits and mipim that all this sort of you know it doesn't fish historically from a big pond when it comes to talent that comes into it because i think it's been very narrowly perceived whereas um i think if you start to reimagine it and you think you actually look through everything that's going on you know both on the incredibly creative side of um you know n- new developments and 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 regeneration and the and dealing with massively technical problems about uh retrofitting you know heritage protected build all of these sorts of things suddenly you 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 start to open up you know what 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 people think about the industry then you add in um I think, and this is this will probably be the big disruptor in terms of new talent coming into the industry. Um, the need for real environmental understanding here. Um, then suddenly, and and actually, then you say, well, and where if I'm if I'm passionate about, you know, this as a topic, where can I make the difference? And you realise, well, it's it's probably here. Then you're suddenly going to get, you know, big big brains coming in. And big, big brains who think about things entirely differently, and and that I think is really exciting. And you know, we saw it here. You know, when we in in a, in a very small way. You know, so when we started to do the the tenant investment, we thought, well, actually, I can't just you know repurpose an asset manager to understand you know the the, the mechanics of a sort of essentially a you know private equity or venture capital type transaction um but so we went and hired somebody who had that background had those connections and you know their impact on the on the other people around them and and vice versa has been great and and that's allowed us then to think about okay well we've also brought in quite a lot of uh people within the um uh, the the sustainability team is is a strong team now and we started to look at solutions where by combining that venture capital type knowledge, maybe we should be investing in companies that provide environmental solutions for us. And we can, you know, and, and so it enables you just suddenly to t- turn the wheel a bit faster. And then, of course, you see everybody who's been doing whatever their job has been for a long time in the same way, seeing all these new things happen. And then they start, you know, doing different things. and then very quickly you realize actually you have moved much more towards you know a, a gender equal um uh, sort of demographic and then that gives you know even more uh you know younger females the interest to come you know and and i think it's quite it's quite easy to create both either a vicious or a virtuous circle and i think we've got all the kind of ingredients now to really make this on the talent side uh, a virtuous one and what it it means is that you know we we should do what we all should do as leaders is recognize that we're basically trying to 
employ people who are far more talented than we are and know a lot more about things that we don't know about and that's that's the point and and be comfortable with that and encourage that and and I think I can sort of see that happening I mean I'm interested in if yours you see it but I see it happening all over the place I I agree I do I do see it happening I think it needs to happen in in more places for right. sure and I think you know I think that point you make about you know you don't have to be the smartest person in the room and you probably shouldn't be the smartest person in the room if you want to um, be running a, a great business you put great people around you it would be very you? worrying if I was <laughs> me too you talked about um big brains coming into the industry and I, I i worry um for myself being able to keep up with with that um now this has been a little bit of a it's almost like um property room 101 isn't it and we've um we've consigned that l word to history yeah and to to round us up is there any other words used in real estate that you would like to see put into that that room 101 well, that's that's an interesting one. You caught me on the hop there, but I I I probably give you one, but this I'm being very I'm breaking my own rule because I'm going to give you something, but I don't have an answer if you see what I mean. So I don't know what I'd replace it with. But I also think the word lease, mm. you know, the, it, it has the, for me this imagery around it of that I'm tying you up in some kind of you know and and I don't think that that's what it is and I think that what we're what we're moving towards a lot more anyway is really you know contracts and, and occupational you know agreements and so on the, the 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 form and the constraints of 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 the lease I think that that would be my second one to go in in your room 101 <laughs> it's a it's a good a good call and um if we are shifting to thinking of um property businesses mm. the word contract for that work seems to work much better doesn't so. it than than the lease word which sounds too close to leash i think property well there you go quite a lot of people James, it's been brilliant. Thank you for being our first guest, first ever guest on uh, Real Estate Redefined. We have consigned two L words now to, mm. to history. They shall never be written or said again. They probably will, but we'll, <laughs> we'll do our best not to. And uh, thank you once again for, for joining on the EG Property Podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you.